The word of the Lord from Luke chapter 24, verses 44 to 53. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple blessing God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Every story starts somewhere. Jesus makes his in the flesh appearance 23 chapters before our gospel reading, back in Luke chapter 2. He's been around before that, of course, begotten of the Father from eternity, and conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb in Luke chapter 1. But he appears in Luke chapter 2, wrapped in swaddling claws and lying in a manger. To celebrate his birth, a host of angels descends from heaven to startled shepherds and declares, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it begins. Messengers from heaven and the infant in the manger. Glory to God in the highest. Peace and goodwill on earth. The story of Jesus' ministry unfolds in the chapters in between, and Jesus hits the high point as he speaks one last time to his disciples in our text. He says, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Thus it is written, he says, he's just shown them that the entire Old Testament, the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, pointed towards his death and resurrection. The story didn't really begin in Bethlehem. That was just the start of another chapter. The story began long ago, and you get your first whiff of the Savior in Genesis 3, when God promised that the seed of the woman would come and destroy the devil's power. The promise of Jesus is is repeated throughout the Old Testament by prophecies and types and foreshadowing, which is why we still rejoice to hear the Old Testament today. It's not outdated old news. It's all about Jesus. There is great comfort in that for us. 
The birth of Jesus is not the start of something new. It's not that the Lord got bored or frustrated with his initial plan and decided to try something new with the incarnation. It's been his plan, his promise all along. The story of the Old Testament is a story of God patiently enduring the rebellion of sinners because he's promised to save them. He's kept his promise. His faithfulness is beyond question. Be glad. For as he was patient with sinners in order to save back then, he is patient with you in order to save you now. It was always the plan that Jesus come to save, and it was always the plan that he suffer, die, and rise again. The cross is not God making lemonade out of lemons after Jesus gets ambushed. Jesus' suffering and death are the plan from the beginning. It's all about the expanse of God's love. To save sinners, he sacrifices himself to suffer the judgment, the death and hell for their sin. For your sin. That's what Jesus is doing on the cross. He's dying for you. It was always the plan that Jesus rise again on the third day. The disciples don't believe that at first, but there he stands before them, body and all. There's so much to the resurrection. It's the proof that God has accepted the sacrifice for sin so that you might be forgiven. It's the evidence that Jesus is greater than death because he conquers the tomb and rises again. Not only that, but it confirms that Jesus is in fact the firstborn from the dead. His resurrection was not just for him, but he promises, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Just like his death was for you, his resurrection is for you too, that you might live and never die. Then he ascends into heaven. That makes sense. His work of redemption is finished. He said so himself when he was hanging on the cross. Risen again, he's got to go somewhere. Somehow, he's got to exit the stage. But the ascension isn't just an exit. This is for you, too. The night before his death, Jesus said to his disciples, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so... Would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. Jesus ascends into heaven to prepare a place for you, not just a temporary tent or dwelling, but a place in his Father's everlasting house. Note that he ascends into heaven body and all. He doesn't abandon his body or his human nature. He keeps them. He remains both God and man. And this too is full of good news for you. For one thing, it's a testimony of how complete is your redemption, how comprehensive his victory over sin. 
Remember that God created Adam and Eve to live forever, body and all, and sin brought death to Adam and Eve, body and all. To save, Jesus takes on human flesh like them and like you. He lives, he dies, he rises, and he even ascends into heaven, body and all. As Paul confirms in 1 Corinthians 15, you'll be raised up to heaven, body and all too. All of this means that sin, death, and devil have been utterly defeated. Yours is not some cut-rate, half-baked redemption where Jesus manages to free your soul but loses your body in the process. He's redeemed the all of you, and he will raise the all of you up fully recreated in body, mind, and soul. The ascension also means that you have a place to go. You're not going to die and rise again into a fallen world. The kingdom of heaven is yours. It also means that, as Hebrews 4 says, Jesus remains your sympathetic high priest seated at the right hand of God, one who knows weakness and all the attacks of the devil. Far from abandoning his human nature, Jesus remains both man and God. And, as your high priest, he intercedes for you in heaven. He's not on a lengthy holiday until his return in glory. Jesus is at work praying for you. This means that you also can pray with confidence, knowing that God the Father delights to hear your prayers, that his throne for you is a throne of grace and gifts, not of wrath and punishment. Ascended into heaven, Jesus also rules over all things for your good. If he's joined you to his death and resurrection in baptism, it means that his ascension is yours too. So 1 Thessalonians 4.17 declares that we will be caught up together with the saints who have gone before us in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. The last day is Ascension Day for the people of God. It's all good, and it's all for you. So what do we do until then? Jesus sums up the work of his church in just a few words. Repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Repent. By the grace of God and the work of the Holy Spirit, turn and change your mind. Turn from sin, from all those things that you do and think and say, even though you shouldn't, and from all those things that you don't do or think or say and should. You've been set free from sin by Jesus' own blood. If you continue in sin without repentance, you are saying that you'd rather have the sin than Jesus. That's your call, but your sin didn't die for you, nor has it risen and ascended for you. It only wants to kill you. You can choose sin over Jesus if you want, but you'll never escape the descent to grave and hell. Repent. By the grace of God and the work of the Holy Spirit, turn from trusting false gods and idols. 
keep all that God gives in the proper perspective. Money and pleasure and things and places and people can all become objects of worship, misused gifts of God who has given them. But here's the measure. None of those things can die or rise or ascend for you. They might be great gifts and beloved treasures, but they're terrible redeemers. Likewise, repent, and by the grace of God and the work of the Holy Spirit, turn from trusting in yourself. Your sinful nature wants to convince you that you're good enough or kind enough or cute enough to slip into heaven. But when it comes to dying for sin, rising again and ascending into heaven, you're only good for one out of three. You can certainly die for your sin, and apart from Christ, you will. You can't defeat death, and you cannot rise again. You cannot ascend into heaven to the glory of the Father. That's why Jesus has come to do all of that for you, and then to join you to himself so that you might die, rise, and ascend with him. That's what forgiveness is about, getting rid of all your sin and sinfulness so that you might be joined to Christ and have eternal life with him. That's why, until Jesus comes again, the church is all about repentance and the forgiveness of sins, both practicing it for ourselves and proclaiming it to all who will hear. That is why, like the disciples at the end of our text, we gladly continue to worship and bless him. We do so with more joy, for though he is enthroned in heaven, he is not captive there. He continues to visit us in his word and his sacraments, joining you to himself, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. With this text, the Gospel of Luke comes to a close. Jesus made his appearance 23 chapters before the infant born for you and announced by heavenly messengers who proclaim peace and goodwill. Ascended into heaven, the Lord remains man as well as God. And rather than angels, he gives to his people the privilege of being his messengers now. And so we proclaim his peace and goodwill to all who will hear. Oh, rejoice greatly. His life, death, resurrection, and ascension, they're all for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.